get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. MLB Network's Dan O'Dowd, former general manager of the Colorado Rockies, and we always like talking to Dan. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Hey, Randy. Hey, Michelle. Uh, thanks, thanks, guys, for having me on. We, we really appreciate you taking some time with us. And actually, on the night that the Cardinals acquired Nolan Arenado, we wanted to get you on because we wanted to get your take on what the Cardinals have in their new number 28. Well, I think one of the more underrated facets of Nolan's game, I mean, we know he's an elite defender. Um, offensively, he's one of the more productive middle lineup bats in the game. But, you know, the thing about Nolan, I think, that goes undervalued is his durability. Um, I mean, last year he played through an injury in a, in a pandemic-shortened season. But for the most part, Nolan's career, he shows up to the post every single day. And just like uh, Paul, his counterpart across the diamond, those guys are getting harder and harder to find in our game, and it's the consistency and the resiliency, I think, that they add day in and day out that really helps create uh, kind of a collective mindset for your team. And I think Nolan really adds some value to that. Cardinals already had it, but they have it even more now with Nolan. Dan, we've analyzed this move from the Cardinals' perspective a lot, but you provide not only a front office insight for us, but a Rockies insight. And I'm very sure. curious about how this entire thing goes down. So when Nolan Arnato, who's a guy that the Rockies commit to financially, and he, he's coming out publicly saying, I'm unhappy, I'm paraphrasing, but I'm unhappy, I want to be a part of a winner, and I don't think it's going to happen here. From a front office perspective, what's the move next? Do you try to build around him, even if financially it's it's not super feasible for you do you try to mend that bridge or are you in a situation where he's kind of forced your hand and you need to move on from him at that point uh you know michelle that's a great question and though i've been removed from the rockies now going on six years you know as part of drafting and developing nolan and um feel like i've got pretty good insight into him and uh the whole thing has been really perplexing for me i wish there was an easy answer to your situation that um uh, Whoever the GM of any club is, they have to be the adult in the room. And even if it's um, at times difficult to do that, you always have there's three roads to take. And it's the low road, the God road, God road. And you always need to take the God road because you need to do the right thing. Because when you do the right thing, you'll always do the next right thing right. But where the whole thing for me, uh, the jigsaw puzzle I can't seem to put together is that the Rockies committed to Nolan in 2018. Uh, enormous contract. When you commit those kind of contracts, you know, you're basically stating we're going to build around this player. Um, And then in that same year at the conclusion of 2018, you're now having discussions with the Cardinals and the Cubs and the Braves about potentially moving him. So I don't know what happened in that six months that would ever put the situation into a position where it wasn't salvageable. And I'm totally perplexed by that. Then I'm perplexed 
that uh, Nolan, um, I guess, ended up with an out in his contract. I don't exactly know how that took place, but at the conclusion of this year, I believe he still had $165 million left. And so unless I was getting back exactly what I wanted, and maybe the Rockies did, I don't know in their evaluations, maybe they got players back that they felt equaled his value, no matter what the personal situation was, if I didn't, if I didn't feel like I was helping the organization in some capacity, long-term or short-term, I would say, listen, Nolan, you know, I understand how you feel. I've tried to mend this fence. You know, I've done everything I possibly can. Um, but, you know, we're not going to trade you. And at the end of this year, if you want to walk away, that's totally your choice. Now, the player then is in a position, you know, with uh, the end of the CBA coming up, making a decision, do I want to walk away from 100 and 60-some million and run the risk that I can get that on the open market. And if he does, then I'm going to be comfortable taking the draft picks. So, I, honestly, I, I don't know how this whole thing adds up to me. MLB Network's Dan O'Dowd with us. I, I have tried to imagine that meeting, uh, maybe a Zoom meeting where Breidich and Monfort are together, and he, they say, yeah, we we got we to gotta move Nolan. And Breidich says, yeah, and we're probably not going to get an awful lot back. And then at the end of the meeting, anything else? Oh, yeah, we got to give them $50 million too. <laughs> Yeah, well, then, obviously, honestly, Randy, in that discussion, they have to feel really good about the four players, you know, that they're getting back. And, you know, throughout my career, you know, I've I've traded some really great players. And um, I've also proposed some really great deals in my mind that we didn't do that maybe didn't wouldn't have turned out, honestly, to be really great deals. And I think we have a tendency in these deals to justify in our own minds the reasons for doing it. But in reality is you never get back a superstar uh, when you're trading a superstar. That's just, if you look at the historical deals we've made in the game, I was very fortunate to trade Matt Holiday, who I thought was a superstar, ended up being that in St. Louis and getting back Carlos Gonzalez, mm-hmm. who turned out to be a superstar. But honestly, they just don't happen very often. And so I highly doubt any of the players the Rockies got back are going to turn into be anything that no one was just because historically that just doesn't happen. So if you're a Rockies fan, the next question you have is, what does that mean for Trevor Story? Again, you know, and the fact that they have not engaged him yet in a contract discussion would lead me to believe that if it doesn't happen in the spring, they're just going to play it out and see where the club is come July and then see where the industry is. If they don't find it, you know, appropriate deal there, do everything they sign, try to sign them at the conclusion of the season by playing it out because there's so many shortstops on the market and honestly, not every club is going to be playing for a shortstop. So they're just going to have to play it out, hoping that, you know, when all the chairs are filled, they'll still have the best offer on the table. And he'll want to come back there. Hey, Dan, there's uh, the, the Cardinals, obviously, as you know, they, they've built a monster here that has to be fed. And they haven't won a championship since 2011. And before the Arenado trade, uh, you know how baseball fans are. There was a, a large sure. portion of Cardinal fans that wanted John Mozeliak fired. So I want to get your perception, your read from another general manager's perspective of how Mo does at his job. Yeah, I think that. You know, honestly, every GM in every market always is the one that wants to be fired. I mean, I took the job in Colorado at the end of 99, and for 15 years, um, honestly, they wanted to fire me. And at times, I really got it, too, by the way. Um, I think the thing that I respect about, you know, Mr. DeWitt uh, and Mo and, um, is the way they, they did some really consistent. You know, you can – there are a lot of different ways to build a championship club, but none of it's 
uh, applicable unless you're consistent in your philosophy and approach. For me, the Cardinals through the years, much of the chagrin I think of their fan base, at times build their clubs to be consistently good and to put themselves to play meaningful games in September with an opportunity to play postseason games in October, Mm -hmm. knowing that the shorter the calendar gets, the more luck is involved in the fact. And I know so many fans don't want to hear that, but baseball really is such a unique game because of the length of the season that uh, skill and luck are times are intertwined in the results of your performance. And so the beauty of that philosophy, guys, is you never go through a period of time where you stink. The downside of that philosophy is sometimes you don't put yourself into a position of really being the dominant team talent-wise above everybody else. And so it depends on how you look at it. I can tell you that what I think Mo has done as direction from ownership is be very consistent in that approach year in, year out, and be very methodical in how they build their teams, always making sure that there's not that exceptional dip where you're into a four- or five-year rebuild, like what the Cubs you know, may be facing here um, this year and as they move forward. Though I think the Cubs are going to still be a good team this year. But at some point in time, when you continually take your payroll beyond its maximum exposure, ultimately that check's going to come due. A couple more quick things, and you can watch Dan on MLB Network's programming, including 30 Clubs in 30 Days Spring Training Series. That returns tomorrow, and we'll feature feature the Cardinals on March 8th. Uh, I just want to get your take, again, from a former GM's perspective. We had Ned Coletti on the show yesterday. He said, the first big contract I signed was Sandberg, 28 over 4. Then I had Barry Bonds, 90 over 7. And then did the $212 with Clayton Kershaw. Now you're seeing the deals like uh, Tatis signed last week. You've got the Machado deal on the same team. From the money that you spent with the Rockies to where it is now, it's got to be pretty incredible to think about signing a contract for a player for that amount of money. It is. I don't think you can paint um, the entire answer to that with one brush. I think every case is uniquely different. I think uh, free agent contracts are more problematic only because you don't know the player exceptionally well. I think when you do it with a homegrown player, you do know that player well, good or bad, but you do know the player uh, and you know how to maximize those contracts. Um, These contracts work for me when you don't um, maximize your payroll by committing to just a few guys, because then I think it becomes problematic when you can't build a team around a particular group of signing or one signing and you're putting all of your eggs in that basket for that player to be uh, inevitably everything. And that level of expectation is simply just not possible to fulfill. So I think if you, if your percentage of payroll is reflective of the fact that you can really afford this contract and still continue to add really good players around that particular individual, more than not, those contracts are going to work and they're going to work out pretty well. But if you, if your percentage payroll is gigantic to that one player and then you're surrounding that player with, second, third-tier free agents on the market or young players that you're developing through your system year in, year out, that's when those contracts become a little bit of an albatross. Dan, we're looking forward to 30 teams in 30 days, including the Cardinals on March 8th, and we always love your work at MLB Network. Thanks so much for taking some time with us. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's nice to have someone on other than Greg Amziger all the time because he is a... Yes. The the thing I don't understand about Greg doing radio is you can't see him on the radio. We talk about his uh, hair every week. You can only see him on TV. 
I, I figured that. I'm sure he lets you know how good it looks at the beginning of the interview, too. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> All right. All righty, guys. Have a great day. Thanks for having me. It should be a fun summer in uh, St. Louis this year. We'll do it again soon. Thanks, Dan. Take care. Dan O'Dowd, the former GM of the Rockies from MLB Network. He's great. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffel Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week, so patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com. With the holidays quickly approaching, you know you've got a lot of people to gift. But there's no need to stress because Nike can help you find everything they'll want. Whether you're shopping for family and friends, kids and coworkers, or whoever, no matter how many workout warriors, rookie parents, or yoga legging lovers you need gifts for, Nike knows exactly what they'll want and they'll help you find it. Secure the greatest gifts for everyone on your list at your local Nike store.